Welcome to a new season of She Talks Life podcast. I want to thank you for joining me on this journey every Tuesdays and Thursdays as I discuss all things life, whether it be about relationships, politics, spirituality, or just plain conversations about nothing. Welcome or welcome back. It is a brand new year. It is 2024. We've made it, you guys. We've made it to a new year. And I know this is the month that's going to seem quite long. This is also the month where everyone is going to start rebooting and changing and starting over or even continuing. You know, January could be a continuation. January could be new for others. January could be the month of self-sacrifice. And um, I feel like as we take on a new year, a lot of us start to either stay stuck or a lot of us seem to find a way to like take ownership and move forward to what we have planned as our goals, as we set our goals and so forth. You know, the month of January sometimes allows us to become in tune with where our lives is at. I think a lot of times, you know, people follow this fiscal year thing. So they're on this January to December and so forth. And so they are constantly thinking that in January, this is the month that they choose to make some big changes, some small changes. And that's okay too. I think that, you know, it is all great for us. Um, if you want to make change, you're going to see a lot of people on your timelines talking about all these new beginnings and where to start over. You know, every year the big one is exercise and wellness and, and all that good stuff because people feel that, you know, they didn't get a chance to do it the, in the past year, they they started it early on in the year before and they kind of fell off and they never, life happened and they never got back on that workout train. And I can attest to that. I am one of those people that kind of, you know, I worked out here and there. I took a walk here and there, but I didn't go as hard as I normally do in the years to pass. And I think in 2024, it felt like I want to, kind of restart and jumpstart that idea of, you know, getting my health in control and so forth because I'm a diabetic. I take insulin. And so I'm trying to kind of manage my diabetes and I'm in the process of like really revamping that holistic idea and where I'm going to go with it. So I'm on the research hunt for holistic um, therapy and, and trying different forms of holistic treatments for myself and my body. And, you know, I spoke to my mom over the holidays and she was like, you know, get you your regular turmeric and your ginger and boil it and drink your tea and help you bring down that inflammation in your body and, you know, try to get your body right and get your body alkaline. And so I am there with you. I am here to hold your hand. I am here to be your accountability partner. We're going to do this, we're going to do that, right? I am here with you because I need to jump on that bandwagon as well and start working out and doing some things so that I can get a summer body. Because you know what they say, summer bodies work out in, in the wintertime and they come and, you know, you snatch the body up in the winter because you got all them clothes on. Um, also, I feel like with me not 
eating and overeating and I've changed some of my eating habits, I really have to hone down on that and make that a priority. Um, so that's something that I definitely have to work on in the coming months. January also becomes the, the longest month of the new year. It feels like it's an extension of December for most of us. And you know, you've heard that saying before that January does that. But I did want to jump in and start this episode by saying that do not feel like you have to hide what your your goal is. If you if every new year comes and you say, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds and you only lose five within that year, that is okay. You keep starting over as much as you want to. I think a lot of us are so afraid to do that part is because um, we're worried about what others are saying. Like I was seeing, you know, the memes on social media where they were talking about, oh, they don't want to come in here on Facebook. New year, new me, new body, new this. I'm going to work out. I'm going to lose weight. I think we have to look from the behind scenes and see that we are not... You can't make people feel guilty for starting over or in their mind they think, you know, like, hey, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in 2024. Great. That's a goal, right? It's a goal. Sometimes we make these goals, but we don't know how to achieve these goals. That's just what it is. Like I made a goal. I was trying to lose an extra. I was trying to get down to 135 pounds. I ain't get there yet, but I got halfway. I'm halfway. I'm almost there. So I got more to lose. So of course, yeah, every year I'm going to make that journey until, you know, I get to that 135. That's just simple and and plain. Now, in today's pop culture conversation, let's discuss Simone Biles. I promised myself I wouldn't get in these grown folks business, but I think I need to look at it from a different perspective because I would like to share my own think piece on it. A lot of the commentary that I've been seeing are from black women, of course. Um, and it has been a generational onset when it comes to colorism because all that is right now that we're seeing with Simone Biles is colorism. Um, we are typically making the assumption, and I use the word assumption outside of, because we're outside looking through them, them people windows and we are seeing you know, the commentary about the way that she's making herself small to fit into the mold of him. Now, play a play and know that he kind of fibbed or made it seem like he didn't know who Simone Biles was. I mean, I need to ask my husband if he do know her, he, he will say he do. Um, but just to hear him say he didn't know who she was, it's a red flag as well, but it's also him trying not to feel like you know, oh, I'm the man. She chased me. Um, and, you know, a lot of us were playing in their faces and saying things like, oh, girl, you hear what he said about you and you chase him and all this stuff. Do you know how much um, unfamous people chase men? How many unfamous women chase after men that they want to be in a relationship with? She ain't the first. 
she is not the first. I don't even remember what his name is, but she's not the first woman to chase a man and said, shoot her shot. Because that's what she did. She went on an app called Raya where this app is, I've heard of this app throughout the many um, spaces I'm in where, you know, you are celebrity or you are a famous person. It doesn't have to be celebrity, but you might be millionaires. You might be people with a lot of net worth and you use this app to meet other net worth related people to form a relationship with. And so that's why that she was on that app. You know, she was vetted on that app. He was vetted. This is it. Cause here's the thing. If you look at him, he's a young dude. He's a football young dude. He's making money in the football space in, um, the whatever team he played for. Um, but here's the thing. He's young and he got pussy thrown at him all over the place. Cause once you get in the league, the, the, the hose is on you like white on rice. So my question would be, why were you on that app? I could see why she was on the app cause she's where she's at and the level she's on. But the question would be is like, dude, why are you on there? Because you could be out there getting ass left, right, and sender or, cause you see, that's the thing, the topic I'm not hearing people talk about. People aren't saying like why he was on the app. They were saying, you know, all the negative things about she, he don't want her and all these different things and whatever they did. They even talked about how her, you know, her hair wasn't done properly in her wedding and all this stuff. And I feel like, like I said in a couple of episodes before, especially the Beyonce episode where we talked about Blue Ivy and how we um, we critique our own. The way black women critique other black women, it comes off as if you are really trying to bring that person down to their bare toenails and you don't really respect whatever decisions they make, whether you like it or not. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of women who are in friend groups have so much jealousy that they don't even realize that it's there because there are women in their circle who are jealous of any little change that does not involve them being on the same playing field. And I think because a lot of these women are not in Simone Biles' sphere, they feel that they have the right to sit and tear her down from the way she looks, from the way she smiles, and she's agreeing to his conversation and what, how they chopped up the um, podcast episode. Um, as a woman looking in on the outside, a mature, educated woman looking in on the outside, do I see red flags? Maybe one or two. Are there red flags to say that she needs to divorce him or something? No, I don't see it that way. I do see us projecting a lot of our own insecurities on this couple because of the things that were said and how they it was said. I think even with him saying he's the prize and stuff like that, there was a gentleman on TikTok that actually made a great point. He said, Yes, men want to feel like they're the prize too. And it's true. Like, why is it in your relationship you want to be the only one that feels the prince's treatment? Why is it that in your relationship your man can't feel the prince treatment? You, It can't be one-sided. I think that's a lot of things that I've seen in the commentary is like, we're like saying that she should be, 
she because she's so high up there he doesn't matter his emotions his feelings his want to be spoiled or be considered as value added valuable to her in the relationship as how he's perceived because everybody's saying that he's Simone Biles husband he that's who he's being referenced to I would take a blow so you know um when you look at the president Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton or, or the first ladies Michelle Obama I believe is the only first lady that stood separately away from her husband as the president she held her own next to him. They were a couple. They were a partnership. You would hear Bill, uh, what's his name? George Bush's wife, right? You're going to hear the president's wife. You're Melania Trump, Donald Trump's wife. You didn't really hear them really, you know, like stand out from each other. They were adjacent to the only presidential relationship that I can see that stood in in themselves was President Obama and Michelle Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama. You didn't hear, oh, that was the president's wife, Michelle Obama. It was always First Lady Obama. Even though they use that same terminology with all the other First Ladies, you still was hearing the, the male before the woman. And so I feel like with Simone Biles and her husband, you know, a lot of people, you don't have to agree with their decisions of how they navigate their relationship. However, I think if we see it and we only see bits and pieces of it, we make the assumption that she's in a toxic relationship with this man. But what if she and this man have a relationship that works for them? Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want my relationship to look nothing like nobody else's but mine. I want to curate my own relationship with my partner. A lot of times we feel like we hear that word couple goals. I want to be couple goals. Oh my God, Ciara and Russell Simmons. What's Russell Wilson? Why I say Simmons? Lord have mercy. Russell Wilson. I always get his name all confused, but Ciara and Russell Wilson. What's the um, what's the prayer that got you this man after you had future? After you had a baby by future and he dogged your ass out, what is the prayer that everybody thinks she prayed for God to give her this loving, committed relationship with Russell Wilson? Let me tell you something. She cultivated that. Do you know the negativity that Russell Wilson was getting with Ciara when he married her? A lot of the backlash was the men, the black men was like, oh, he a, he's a simp. He's a this. Oh, he's so... Um, He's so corny. He's so this. He's so that. I respect the shit out of Russell Wilson and Ciara's marriage and their relationship that they have shown us because they have gone through the tests of time. They have shown us that no matter the amount of negativity that's coming their way, they're going to show that united front where they are in a great relationship. He's catering to her. She's catering to him. Did you not see that the two of them do it's a duality with the two of them. It's not one-sided. It's a partnership. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Simone Biles. Simone Biles is at the game. She's supporting her husband because that's what a wife or a partner does, even if it, the tables were turned and she's at her Olympics and he's supporting her and so forth. And we would hope that, you know, he would be at her side. But come on, in reality, when we think about it, I believe that, one cup in the couple's relationship, one person either loves harder than the other 
or, you know, they, we don't love each other the same, but we do that. There's that love there. That's that bond there. Um, do I think they love each other? I would have to say, um, as a mature woman looking in from the outside, how do they define love? That's the question I have to ask because I don't know them personally. I can't see something from outside and assume that, yeah, that's what love looks like. Even with Russell Wilson and Ciara, when you think about it, we we think because we see him shower her with gifts and, you know, they're always together. And she's out there supporting him on the field just as much as Simone is out there with her husband. You know, the we look at the different dynamic. Look at those two relationships. Put them next to each other. And all of us are going to go automatically to watch Ciara and Russell Wilson because they reflect an image of love that we've used to seeing. And so we re-resonate with it. Simone Biles and her husband have a different type of love that we're not accustomed seeing. So in our mindset, we think it's negative. We think it's toxic. We think he's beneath her. We think that he's going to rake her down or he's going to make her look out to be this vulnerable woman or a, you know, a chicken head. You old, if I'm calling you a chicken head, you know, you know, that's what we're seeing with her, that she's like a chicken head. But then we look at Ciara and Russell Wilson and we are in awe of their relationship. We are that mindset that we've been taught is that's what love should look like. That's what a real relationship should look like. But in actuality, relationships are never the same. They all have different growths, different levels, and different streams. And each of us can have different, my relation, I love my husband and my husband loves me. I adore our relationship and he adores our, my, our relationship, but we don't have the relationship that looks like Ciara and Russell Wilson, but we love each other. We're in love with each other. We've built a great life together, but it's different, right? We, 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 we've, attain a different level of relationship that works for us. It works for us. And then, you know, there are others, there's other women that will be in a relationship and, you know, it's toxic. It's, it's, it's harmful. It's, 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 it's a level of ripping you apart so that when you get out of that relationship, we tend to see the person's breakthrough like Tia and Tamara. When Tia married her husband, you know, we all didn't really understand. We knew that, you know, she was above him in the financial part of it, right? She made more money than him. But that didn't mean that they didn't have a loving relationship. At one point in time before they got divorced and they got to this place, their relationship was a loving union for them. Now we take her sister and her husband and because it doesn't look like what we think, we think that their relationship is false. I've heard, I've seen the commentary on her about, oh, her, she, that relationship is so, like, she has this fairy tale relationship with her husband. One, because he's white. Two, they associate her of trying to be something she's not. And I think that if we took a moment and stepped back from whatever we want to project on them, 
we would realize that Simone Biles and her husband, who the guy's name, I don't remember his name, they have a different type of love and relationship. Ciara and Russell Wilson has a different type of relationship that we resonate with. Dantia had a relationship with her husband that some of us resonated with and some of us felt like he was he was beneath her. And then, you know, her sister Tamara and her husband, they have a different relationship and her, their relationship is a different viewpoint. There's somebody that's going to resonate with all these different relationships and relate to them. And so just hearing people take that little conversation on the podcast, yes, I would say that he did a little bit too much. But on the other hand, is Simone Biles, has not is, has Simone Biles ever been exposed to a different side of love and relationship? Somebody even dug up an old relationship that she had with a gentleman that apparently looked like she was so happy. Because here's the thing, when I saw that picture with her and her ex-boyfriend, it was something we could have related to. We saw them, she had this beautiful smile on her face. They, it looked like something that everyone could resonate with. And so we like that, right? We like to see that because that's something our mind is telling us to like gravitate to. Here we are. He's speaking his his um, value. He's feeling his worth. He's saying, I feel like I'm the prize. She's also probably saying to herself, I am the prize. I am the Olympic champion of the world. One of the top performing people in the Olympics. And yeah, I, I am at a stage in my life where I don't want to be here. I even saw someone on Twitter said about how she needed great publishing. Her publicist didn't do her justice in this one, that they need publishing speak. Like Chloe and Halle Bailey. Let me tell you something. At this point, whether she has a baby tech, Four months from now, and they say, oh, she had a kid, and she decides to pop it up and say she got a kid. Okay, cool, great. Why are you showing it now when you were pregnant and you were going through it? Why you ain't show it then? Because here's the thing. Everybody keeps screaming. They have great publish, publishing style, and their publicist is doing a great job in how they navigate questions. Simone Biles could have went in there with a publisher and sat down and said, hey, I don't want to talk about this. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. A little quick tip for you before we end the episode is before you go on the podcast or a news um, interview, the interviewer usually sends you a list of questions they already have because it's called a vetting, right? You have to vet the questions. And what happens is in podcasts, it's the same thing. If you're going to have a guest, you need to vet the guest and the guest has to vet the questions. So you send over your script with all the questions you have. They're going to answer those questions in writing and they're going to send it back to you. On that script, they're going to tell you which questions they don't want to answer, which questions you can't answer that. So I'm quite sure before they got to this whole podcast setup, those questions were already given. They knew what they wanted to talk about and what they didn't want to talk about. They knew. They they knew firsthand. So if she had publicists sitting next to her and they saw the question and she was adamantly saying to him, I don't want you to talk about this or he, you know, I'm not comfortable with you sharing this or that. Even the talk about him, her driving 45 minutes to come see him and whatnot. 
Child, I flew to another state for some dick. And what? I ain't with him. But I did. I've driven to see somebody for more than an hour. But that's just us. That's us when we were young. We were dumb. We did some stupid shit. But that's life. We do stupid shit in life. And maybe he might not be her forever husband. I don't wish nothing bad on this relationship. I want it to flourish. I want it to prosper. But who knows what will happen to their relationship or where their relationship is going. But we cannot assume or project our negativity on them because it does not look like what we think it should look like. They could be so in love. They could be so in tune as partners. And it's a different setup than a normal what we are so accustomed of seeing. Because I'm going to tell you something. All that lovey-dovey shit that we see on the outside with some couples, behind the scenes, they hate each other. I, I will leave you with that thought. Anywho, I want to say Happy New Year. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you back here on the next one. Bye guys.